Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the, the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Uh, check out the Facebook page and search for Coach Bo Knows Show. It'll be the first thing that pops up in the search. And you can email us at coachbonosshow at gmail.com. Uh, today is episode 69. And to review all the action this last weekend in the NFL is our most popular returning contributor. Ladies, if you're in the greater Denver area, instead of placing out your Pro V1 golf balls, he will not magically appear. It is cold outside. You're going to have to go to his house. But he's a man of style, sophistication. He remains undefeated against home pregnancy tests with a record of 53-0-2. He's the real reason Sierra moved to Denver. Check out his new book available on Amazon, Russ May Cook, But I Can Eat. His mother named him Ricardo, but around here we call him Uncle Rico, my main man, Ricardo Gerbellini. Uncle Rico, thank you for joining me again today. How you doing? Always a pleasure. I'm doing all right. I'm I'm preparing for the Arctic blast to come and freeze most of the country yeah you're you're cold. in denver so we, let's let everybody kind of you're in denver you and ellen both live in denver so both my podcast co-hosts are in denver while i'm in lawrence um you should we're gonna here. get cold here this weekend but nothing compared with you i mean we're getting like you know the, the 10 degree action friday saturday you guys are gonna get some shit that that's why i don't live there that's why i couldn't move there <laughs> It's funny because this is actually pretty rare. We normally are, you know, even in winter, we're not that cold because it's usually pretty sunny, which keeps the temperature a little bit up. But last I looked, and I have not looked today, I believe on Thursday we have a high of negative two and a low of negative 11 projected. It is going to be cold. Yeah. I was just cold here in Kansas today, and it was like in the 30s, and I'm just I mean, my I'm from Louisiana, man. You know how I am, and that wind hits oh, yeah. you, and I just go, "All right, I'm going to fuck back to Louisiana. Let's go, get in the car." <laughs> it'll cut, it'll cut you, cut you like a knife. Yeah. So now I am coming out to see you next week. Now, just the update on schedules. I've kind of said it the last couple of weeks, but let's just get this shit out of the way. So I'm doing it at the end. We're going to be here today, you and me, and then Ellen will be with me on Friday. And then we'll have a special Christmas Eve podcast that'll be myself and P Money. We're going to do an NBA preview, kind of a a Christmas Day, a little something to get you ready for those Christmas Day games as we've got the five games all throughout the day with the best teams and the best players. And then he's going to give us a review of kind of what's happened for the first two months in the NBA season. So because like me, I've been able to watch a little bit of it, but not a lot because we've been busy with, you know, the end of baseball season and now football season's here. And we're, you know, hell, we're, you know, almost done with the regular season of football. So to get everybody caught up because basketball and the NBA starts so early now, P. Money's going to come in and get it squared away. And then, you know, we're going to talk at length about the official NBA team of the Coach Bono's podcast, the Grizzles, who are playing the Nuggets tonight as we record this Tuesday night. Who was the that was sort of the backup plan for the official Coach Bono's podcast team? But I got I I picked the grill, I put put money on the grizzles. I did not bet on them this weekend. I was so busy with all the football stuff, I didn't even bother. 
And that's when they lost. Oh. They got the loss out of the way. Now they're playing in Denver. I wish I could be there. That would have been fun. The outing for us to go to would have been tonight. But it's all right. I'm going to see both you and Ellen next week. So it'll be great. And uh, I already told you, we got to get a steak somewhere in Denver. So if you're listening and you're in Denver and you got us a hookup for a really good steak, let us know. Send us a tweet. Send us an email. Send me a text. Whatever it is. (laughs) Hey, let's get into it. Uh, I want to yeah. start first off on, on uh, I want to hit a couple of injury things Now, when we recorded last week, Kyler Murray had gotten hurt on the Monday night game against the Patriots. We now know it's an ACL tear and he's out for the season and he will not be back till probably mid season next year. Um, tough break for Kyler Murray. I mean, I, it's a tough break for that whole franchise is that that's their guy. Now you give him the contract, he's your guy. Yeah. And it, it was such kind of a fluke injury. I mean, it was just him being athletic and running and just a misstep and bam, you blow out an ACL. I just horrible. See for a young player like that, especially. I feel bad for the kid. I feel bad for him. And at the same time, this was one of those injuries where, a player like Kyler is inevitably going to have this happen under wear and tear and the way he scrambles and runs using his legs as, as offense. This, this is a situation that for most quarterbacks, when you lean too heavily on your legs, this is inevitable. And we've seen it with quarterback after quarterback who's a scrambling and running quarterback again and again. And when you do it too much, this is always the risk. You never want it to happen at, at any time in anyone's career. Um, but it's always the risk for a running quarterback. Yeah. Um, the other big injury, and I agree with you 100% on the Kyler Murray thing. I mean, you you add that, it's the same thing with Lamar Jackson. You know, you see how much he gets banged up. It's because of that extra running piece. It's why a lot of teams are fearful of letting their quarterbacks run is those kind of injuries. Um, but again, I'm hoping for the best for him. I'm not a Cardinals fan, but I don't like to see anybody get hurt. And especially an injury like that, where you know this time of year, you know the recovery is nine to 12 months. I mean, he's looking at mid, mid-season at best. And so it's, uh, you know, especially for a young player who's already had some issues, not physically, but kind of, you know, in the media kind of issues. And it's like, okay, well, what do we do? Yeah. And yeah. here's a young man trying to find his way. So I feel bad for Kyler Murray on that. I just... I hope that he has the opportunity to go in and take advantage of this and become a, a for lack of a better term, a guru, a, a football, a really just a nerd and get in front of the tape box yeah. and say, okay, I can watch all the film I want now and, and do that more than the Xbox for the next, the next nine months. And see, <laughs> it, I was see about to say, that, well, he gets a lot of grief because he's an avid gamer. And, and nothing wrong with being a gamer. I mean, it really blows off steam a different way. And that's that's what he yep. likes. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, trespass on the man for doing that. But what I will say is hopefully he's able to take some of this time and say, hey, let me get better at this. Hopefully see some maturity because what he's gonna have to do to go through all the the stuff he's gonna have to go through for surgery and recovery and then. Uh, all the physical training he's going to have to go through, it's going to make you more mature. I, Injuries I just, tend to put your career 
for football players, it puts it in perspective. Yeah. Realize that no matter what happens, as you say, Father Time is undefeated. His time on the field is limited, and he needs to maximize what he has left. Yeah. And every injury pulls that down just a little bit more of how much you got left. It takes a toll because not only that you 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 may not have as long a career as you have or you think you might have had, but the time between now and your full recovery is also downtime. You're not playing. You're not part of the offense. You're not part of the planning. So I'm hoping this gives him a little perspective. I was going to say at least you now, you know, going through the holiday season, you have plenty of time for Call of Duty. And and like I said before, I don't knock him for for being a gamer. You know, I've, I'm you know everyone. I still play video games from time to time. Probably not to the degree he does. He's in his twenties. But yeah. you know, there's there is something to be said about the rehab and the the physical therapy, the training that he's going to have to go through. That I that I think will give him a perspective he has not had for this kind of downtime we're looking at. Yeah. Um, another injury in this past week to another big deal, not as severe as Kyler Murray, obviously. Jalen Hurts sprained his shoulder, and it is his throwing shoulder. Um, yeah. He is. He doesn't have to have surgery. There's nothing like that. It Initially, he was going to sit out this week against the Cowboys. They're now saying he's questionable, that he might be able to play. Uh, Gardner Minshew is the backup quarterback who actually spent Tuesday – at Mike Leach's funeral. Um, so we, he was a, a yeah. player that played for Mike Leach at um, at one of the other stops at uh, Washington State. And so he hasn't been at practice today, which today, Tuesday, is the day that they put in most of the offensive stuff. So um, Jalen was taking some of the reps, but not throwing. And actually third-string quarterback mm-hmm. Ian Book was taking all the throwing activities today. I do expect that Gardner Minshew is going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, there is no way Ian Book is the starting quarterback uh, unless Minshew gets gets hurt on the way back from a funeral. I think that's just you got to have got to have a warm body in there. Um, right. But Eagles, this is the one game we kind of circled this about a month ago when we were looking at the schedule. We said there was one game we thought they could lose before the end of the year. It was Christmas Eve against the Cowboys. And now if you look, if you look on the Caesars app, the Cowboys are a five-point favorite currently in this game. And I don't know, like I'm not going to bet that because I don't know what the Eagles are going to be without Jalen Hurts. And I tend to think Jalen Hurts isn't going to play. Yeah, and and I'd say that that would be a huge mistake. I, I get it. Well, you and I have been looking at this game for a while. We've had that marked on the calendar as this is yeah. going to be a big game. Here's what I will say. Is the goal to beat the Cowboys or the goal to win a Super Bowl? What's well, the but... goal of the Eagles right now? Yeah. So the goal is the Super Bowl. Fuck the Cowboys. Sit Jalen. I don't care if he could play. Don't play it. Yeah, I we have multiple times this year seen quarterbacks who could play but shouldn't have aggravate or injure something else that then require you know it cost the team this is a mistake to play there's no now if you're playing the game where we're going to list them as questionable and get the you know cowboys off kilter or whatever that part i get 
But if Jalen Hurts gets on the field this week, I would be supremely pissed at that entire organization, including Jalen Hurts. The goal here is a Super Bowl. You didn't go 13-1 and this far to then put him out potentially for the playoffs if he gets yeah. injured again. Yeah. And they can still protect the number one seed. If you look at, they're the number one seed currently. They're 13 and one. They have three games left. Now they are three games. They only clear need one. They only need yeah, one they to need win the one division. game to clinch the number one. Um, well, they need one to uh, clinch the division. Two losses in the three would put them in a tie with the Vikings. And I don't know who they has only the need one. They only need one because oh, I believe the I'm sorry, Eagles and the, the Vikings. Eagles I think the Eagles have the tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah they the have Eagles the tiebreaker. The so even if if they only win one more game, yeah, they clinch the number one seat. That's yeah. all they need, which means they don't need to win this Dallas game. No, I agree. They I don't need agree it. with you. I, I do tend to agree with you. And the next two to close it out are. At home against New Orleans, who's bad? I know they won this past week, and I love my Saints, but they're bad. Uh, they almost let that game get away against the Falcons. And then the Giants, and that game's at home as well. The Giants will be playing for their playoff life. So I get the thinking of you don't want it to come down to that last game, but I think you're spot on. I think that if you can't play Jalen Hurts this week, give him the rest, mm-hmm. you know, give him the and, – and, and, they come back and then play on the first, so you don't have an extra day or anything in there. But get him ready. You can play him in a home game. And then if you can get far enough ahead in that game, you might be able to sit him. I mean, if you look good, if you happen to win this Cowboys game, you might sit him against the Saints anyway. So I was just thinking I just the same thing. His... I was thinking the, 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 a different, same thing, different scenario. Let's say they lose this week but beat the Saints Sit Jalen Hurts for that final New York game because they don't. It doesn't matter to them. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree. They're not here to eliminate people from the playoffs because if you eliminate the, the the Giants, it's just somebody else in in that seat. Yeah. Just make get that number one seed, get that by, get into the playoffs and make your Super Bowl run. That's what this whole year yeah. has been about. It's not been about beating the division. It's not been about beating the Cowboys. It's about winning the damn ring. Yeah. So get the ring. That's yeah. your goal. Make your decisions that way. Yeah. Do we want to? I, don't get me wrong. Do you and I want to see Dak versus Jalen on the field? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm drooling. We've been drooling about this, but yeah. reality. If I'm out there making that decision, I don't play Hurts this week, no matter what. I don't care. I I, I tend to agree with you on this. I, I think that I look at that same situation. I just go, man, it's too just too big a prize we're going for. That beating the Cowboys, even though they're a division rival and there's a, and everything else, it's too important. We need to get this thing. We need to yeah. get him healthy, make sure he's good. Because without him, we don't go all the way. I mean, we'll, we'll yeah. talk a little more about Hurts in a minute. But um, we talked to our MVP rankings because obviously Jalen Hurts is in the MVP conversation. We're going to have our updated rankings there. I still have the Eagles as the number one team in the league. Um, I've kind of changed up my top five a little bit this week. I was way impressed mm-hmm. by somebody this week and way unimpressed by somebody else in those top five. So right now, I think it's the Eagles uh, in the NFC. Um, 
And I think that they're going to have a, one team to compete with in the playoffs. But I do think that they were, they're the best, the best, most rounded team in the entire league. And I, I, you know, they had this game this past week against the Bears. Bears got a late a touchdown to make that game look close, but it really wasn't as close as the score was. So, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Uh, the, speaking of upsets and things that were close or not close, the Cowboys lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. All right. So- absolutely loving it. I have been, and you know me, you know me a long time. What team in the NFL do I hate the most? You hate the Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. But for a month and a half, what have I been saying? I've been saying the one team I don't want to play in a one-game situation is the Dallas Cowboys because their defense is so good. And if Dak is good, they're going to run the ball, and they're going to come after you. And it's like, God damn. And they got into a damn shootout with Jacksonville. And, I mean, unbelievable. I mean, Dallas was just early in this game, Dallas just kept putting points on the board, putting points on the board, taking field goals when you had to, scoring touchdowns early. I mean, this was 21 to 7 at the half. Third quarter, it's just, they just turn it on. Jacksonville's offense turned it on. Scores two touchdowns late in the third quarter, another one early in the fourth, and then gets the field goal at the end to tie to go to overtime. And then you have the fluke of the interception return, a tipped ball, receivers going down, the ball tips off him, and they take it back for a touchdown to win the game. Um, I'm not going to sit here and blame Dak Prescott for that. I mean, if you no, saw you the play, it, you know, that was put it in the hands. He, yeah, I mean, it was a good he, throw. He put it in the hands. The guy's falling down, shit bounces around, and we know what happens when the ball bounces around. It's the defense is getting the ball. Yeah. But I think what we're <laughs> seeing, was... and I think this is more of a, I don't think it's a knock on the Cowboys as much as I think Jacksonville is playing well. I was going to say the same thing. Here's, here was my thought process on this. And we've talked about this before is that when you get enough years of number one pick, number one pick, number one pick, number one pick, eventually those guys mature and are still on that team and begin to produce Jacksonville suddenly doesn't look like Jacksonville has looked for the last few years. They're looking better. They're playing better. This isn't, it wasn't a fluke. They played better and they've, they are still have that outside chance for a playoff. They're not eliminated. No, they can still win the division. I mean, they, they can still, they can still win. The, yeah. Yeah. They play, they play two division games at the end of the year. They can still catch the, the Titans. And I wouldn't be surprised if you remember last year, Jacksonville beat the Titans in week 17, or this is technically week 18. Yes, they did. To, to, to knock the Titans out of the number one seed. No, no, no. Um, it was week 17 because in week 18, it was the Colts that bounced them out of the playoffs last year. That's right. You're right. Because I was driving back from Louisiana when that happened. Because <laughs> we couldn't help but laugh at Carson Wentz for that one. Yeah. So, but I look, when I look at Jacksonville, what's going on there, Um. Here, here's they, why I think they don't good. have an yeah they don't have an easy path real quick no. they're, they're at the Jets 
at the Texans, then they're at home against the Titans. They got two road games first. Yeah. And that's so and if I think I was playing with the uh the ESPN generator, I think they would I think they have to win the next two to be to have a really good chance. Yeah. If they if they but essentially really they have to kind of win out. They're 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 in that spot right on the bubble. Yeah. They'll so, have to win out or they'd need a lot of help. Yeah. So here's why I think they're actually pretty good. I looked at the last month. Beat the Cowboys, and you score 40 points. Now, again, you had a touchdown late. That's a defensive touchdown, but they're scoring points. The Titans, yeah. they run 36 of them, the Titans. They went and played at Detroit. This is the worst game they've played in the last month, and they lost 40-14. to 14. But we know that the Lions are good. They beat the Ravens. Yeah. 28-27. The week before that, they lose to the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And if you watch that game, they didn't play bad. It's just they couldn't score in the no, red it's, zone. It's, it's the Chiefs. It's in Arrowhead. That's a difficult place for any team to come in. Yeah. And then they went and scored. They beat the Raiders 27-20. I mean, they're scoring points. Trevor Lawrence is playing really well. And we're finally seeing the upside that Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be. I mean, this is the number one pick in the draft and a guy that a lot of, there were people that said Trevor Lawrence was better than Joe Burrow. A lot of people. Now, the problem was he went to Jacksonville. I have heard that said. He's in Jacksonville, not a lot of great coaching. He had Urban Meyer. That was certainly not helpful. But now he's got Doug Peterson. Quarterbacks play well with Doug Peterson. That guy's a good coach, and they're establishing something there. I, I don't. They're not ready for prime time right now, but that's a team I would definitely keep my eyes on because they've got the young quarterback, they've got a head coach. They're sinking up. There, that's not an easy win, and it's not a bad loss for Dallas. Going back to my original point. No, it's not. It's it's not. And and they're only a game back from Tennessee, and that final game against Tennessee could be a very deciding factor in the division. Yeah, it, it could be. I mean, this is going to be interesting. I mean, right now in the AFC, if you look at the playoffs, you know, Buffalo is the one seed, Kansas City's the, the two, uh, Bengals, Titans, Ravens, Chargers, Dolphins is your current playoff in that order. The Bengals have taken over the three seed by the Ravens losing on Saturday and what was the most boring yeah. of the three games on Saturday. Um, but then the Bengals did their thing in the second half, which, wow, we'll get to that in a little bit as well. Um, yeah. Other things I want to jump into. First off, we had Sunday. And the next thing we had that Sunday, we had the official game of the Coach Bono's podcast, the Lions against the Jets. And this game was everything we thought it would be. And you probably didn't watch it. I don't know. Not a lot of folks did. But this this son of a bitch was physical. And nobody let up in this game. 2017 Lions win. Um, I mean, it. the Jets' defense played great. The Lions' defense played great. It just came down to – and Zach Wilson played pretty well for the Jets. It really came down to the Lions were able to run the ball a little better and take advantage of a couple things. And now you got these two teams that we thought that not, I don't think we thought because we both like these two teams coming in. 
that the league thought and a lot of the people who are out there thought we're going to be three and four win teams are now both seven and seven. The Jets still have a chance in the division in the East. It's going to be really difficult. They're going to have to get a wild card. The Jets are probably out now. But, man, I'm going to be honest. I laid my money where my mouth was yesterday. I bet on the Lions to go to the playoffs. I think they're going to win out, They have, and I think they're getting in. I I would bet on the, the, the I would bet on them too. Honestly, the, the, here's the thing about talking about yesterday the the Jets game. If you're looking at it, what have we talked about all year? All year, running the ball, running the ball. Jets got 23 yards by their leading rusher. 23 yeah. yards on the ground on their leading rusher. That is not going to win that game. No, just not. No, and their defense. So everybody could play in that game. Yeah, it, it's. I I like I like the what the Lions are doing. I like the balanced attack. It doesn't. I mean, yeah, the undershift only had fifty-two yards, but it's still a balanced attack. Yeah, it's not. Well, it's not just the underswift. It's also Jamal Williams, and and, uh-huh. and, they, and they have a committee. I mean, they do the committee thing. When you don't have the guy, the committee works. Many works very well. It's been proven year after year after yeah. year. When you don't have a, when you don't have King Henry, you don't have that dude. Yeah, committee works because you never gas your running backs, and you always, if there's ever a problem with one, the other one is more than willing to pick up the slack because they know that not only do they get a chance to shine solo, they also know the team's leaning on them a little bit. Yeah. So. I like what they're doing. I like when you don't have that dude, then you have committee. Um, I like what the, I, I think what the lines are doing is everything they need to do to make a playoff run here. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. So. Well, I got, I got to put my money in my mouth is I got them winning the next three. They got at the Panthers. Panthers look pretty good. They've been in a little better the last couple of weeks. Then against the bears at the home game for the lions, the hard one will be at the Packers. But I'm not going to be fooled by the way the Packers played on Monday night. Um, they played yeah, a bad team. They played a really bad team. They played a bad. They're not yeah. playing. They have not played well all year. They have been playing better as of late. I saw the analysis on this last night. That in the last couple of weeks, yes, if you take out the the first two thirds of the season so far, yes, they look pretty good right now. Their numbers are good. Their rankings are good. What they're doing is good. But that does not negate. Yeah. They are, you know, they're they're fighting for whatever they can, but at the same time, and that kind of goes to the theme of the week. You know, we had three overtime games this week. Yeah, all of them with you know questionable, good team, you know questionable teams on that side. Um, we liked the outcome for a couple of them, but at the end of the day, these are teams that either are people who are, this is the last gas they're they're playing for their jobs they're playing to ruin a season for somebody else they're not playing for themselves really right now so that's kind of what i'm seeing out of the packers as well is, is that they have not had a very good year they've had a terrible yeah. year especially when you consider aaron Rodgers as as this this is a dreadful year aaron Rodgers and tom brady are having almost mirror seasons of shit for themselves yeah. right now let's um, talk about the, near the end of the career Let's talk yeah. about the Packers for a minute because we watched them on Monday night. I, I, I watched most of the game, and um, that game was 24-12, and it wasn't even that close. I mean, it was – No. 
the Rams are bad. The Rams are bad. They don't have a quarterback right now. Um, Aaron Donald is sitting out the rest of the season with an injury. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's trying to carry that defense and trying to be a Superman over there. And he played great, but I just didn't play great. He was good enough against a bad team. Um, Baker Mayfield exactly. certainly that, the Rams, uh, but I'm not even going to go you, there. I'll tune into the Jones report, right? When I start to go in on Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'll, do, I'll have that conversation with, with Tyler. No, on, no, you uh, don't have Thursday. Garoppolo anymore. So you, you know, and I don't have, I don't have uh, Mariota. So we don't, we can beat up on Cousins, but Baker Mayfield is an easy target. And I, and I'll say it again, he's gotten a raw deal out of a lot of this, and he's got, he gets a lot of shit. But, but you're not wrong in that Baker's just not that great a quarterback. He's, not good. he's just, not. I mean, he's just, he's, he's just a dude. He's, he's a, he's a, a, he's a villain. He's a backup he clipboard make, from here he on out. He would be a clipboard guy to me. He'd be a guy I would feel really confident with him being my backup quarterback on a Super Bowl caliber team. I agree. I agree. At this point, his best years are probably when he took Cleveland to the playoffs. And that's the thing. The thing that, that, that I hang up on is that there was potential there with what he did with nothing yeah. in, a, in a chaotic organization, in my opinion. But there's just no upside anymore for what he has left. Yeah. Well, let, let me pull you back into this. Th- you know, find something. Let's pull you back into the Packers conversation we're going to have real quick. Because I got, I got something specific yeah. I want to ask you in here. All right. So I've got it pulled up now. The NFC, the playoff picture right now. Eagles, Vikings, 49ers, Bucks are your four division leaders. Currently, it's the Giants and the Commandos sitting at six and seven. I was a little mistaken. You know, the, the Giants beat the Commanders, or the Commandos, as we call them here, on Sunday. I thought when one of those teams would go up and one would come down, it would be the Giants going down, the Commandos going up. That leaves mm-hmm. Seattle and Detroit sitting a game back. Now, uh, the Giants are sitting at 8-5-1, and one, so the Commandos are sitting at 7-6-1. and one. Half a game back at seven and seven, you have Seattle, Detroit. The Packers are in their game behind that at six and eight. So the best they can do is nine and eight. And that's two games behind now. So they're not getting in the playoffs. No. My question for you is should the Packers sit Aaron Rodgers for these last three games and play Jordan Love quarterback? Honestly, I don't think it matters. The rumblings are Jordan Love wants wants out, no matter what. Especially if Aaron Rodgers comes back next year, he definitely wants out. He's going to be. I I anticipate him requesting a trade under any circumstances, no matter. If I'm Jordan Love, after having endured this organization and going through this with Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years, I'd want out too. I, I I think that's. Unless Dallas, unless if they sit Aaron Rodgers, it's a clear message that they're ready to trade him for what's left of his contract. He'll either retire or they'll trade him. I don't see that happening because they never make the right decision at quarterback. So if I'm Jordan, I expect Jordan Love to want to trade no matter what happens out of this. Um, Should they? All things being equal, if it were any other organization, should they sit Aaron Rodgers? Yes. And find out what they have at Jordan with Jordan Love, and see if he if, if trading Aaron Rodgers next year is worth it. 
but I don't see them doing that. I don't see Aaron Rodgers wanting to sit. I, I think if he if they did sit him, he would be just unprofessional. Would be the only word I could cleanly put this at. at you know, in in public, in the pods, in the media, uh, and they don't want that. They don't want that grief. So I think that Jordan Love is gone. It wants a trade. He wants out no matter what. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play, even though he shouldn't. Um, but if it were you know any other team, I would do that because I think that the Aaron Rodgers experiment for le- this last year is has been answered. It's not well, going to work. I think. See, this is where I I, I, I kind of disagree a little bit. And here where I, here's where I'm at. If you're the Packers, I want you to look at it a couple different directions. First, if you're the Packers, I mean you got to sit Aaron Rodgers. Um. I was listening to Andrew Brandt's podcast this morning. He is kind of close. He was the GM there. He knows Rodgers fairly well. And he said that this Rodgers thing is going to go one of three ways. He's either staying and he's the starting quarterback next year, or he's getting traded wherever he, wherever he wants to go, or he's going to retire. I mean, this is it. It's one of, I mean, those three are the obvious choices, but uh, he believes that what's going to happen is he's that he thinks about a 40% chance, 40, 30, 30, that he's going to actually get traded. And that Rodgers will be the one traded. Now, the thinking about Jordan Love, Jordan Love still has one year left on his contract at a rookie salary cap. So he's getting paid. I got to pull it up here. His cap number is only 3.9 million next year. Mm-hmm. You can't get much for him in the trade market. And the Packers got a pretty good return on the Devontae Adams trade. If you can get someone to give you something, and I'll give you an example of who I think you could be in a minute, I think you could finagle yourself a first-round pick, maybe even two of them. It's going to be from a top team. You know that because if you get Aaron Rodgers, you're probably going to move up quite a bit. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I could see this happening, and that clears up the Packers' salary cap. You then say, okay, we know that we don't have Aaron Rodgers, but we're going to play Jordan Love. If Jordan Love is the guy, Jordan Love becomes, in 2023, what Tua and Hurts were coming into this season. Play it, improve it, and we'll give you an extension. Because he can get an extension and get more money in Green Bay than he can anywhere else. And if you don't, then they trade Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they trade Rodgers. You've cleared the, and if they if they have to let Jordan Love go, they're going to have hella picks between those two trades of Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers to play around on draft day in in 2023 for a quarterback. And we already know there'll be two or three of them sitting there. Caleb Williams is going to be sitting there. Someone's going to win that lot. This is going to be. Yeah, somebody. So, this this upcoming draft is the one everyone's looking forward to for quarterbacks because they was so yeah, thin last. Year. Because there's three, there's three really good ones. There's a fourth that a lot of people like, um, but the one in 2023, we already know that'll be Caleb Williams. He can't go this yeah. year. So, um, and, and you'll also have um, um, a couple others in there as well. But anyway, that's where I kind of see this going. So my question, I was wondering. Going back to the Lions piece was, is there a chance week 18, last week of the season, Lions are playing for a playoff spot 
they get Jordan Love instead of Aaron Rodgers. There's a chance. I don't expect it. I, I honestly, this is this is one of those where they're not going to do it if if he's healthy. He will insist on playing, okay. and that's why. That, that's this is the problem with Green Bay is they don't have enough pull to stop it. I mean, if they don't play him and he he can just yeah. rake them over the coals in the public, which yeah. is you know that's that's why yeah. I say it's should it be that way? Does it should it work out for the Detroit Lions that way? Should they sit him now and play Love? Yes. Do I expect them to? No. I think they will play Aaron Rodgers, and I think it's a big mistake. I I want to talk about the top-rated team that I think is in a shitload of trouble. Okay. The Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have looked underwhelming for the last month. Now, they've won three out of four. Don't get me wrong. They've they've won won three out of four, yeah. They beat the Texans 30-24. Uh, in a game, they were 14-point favorites, and they never looked in control in that game. At no point no, they did not. were they in control. They beat the Broncos the week before in Denver, 34-28. Uh, I will challenge you to tell me at any point did the Chiefs look in control of that game. That should have been a handily, a complete smackdown, and it was not. It was anything week but. Be- the week before that, at Cincy, lost to the Bengals. The the Bengals came to play and whooped their ass. And that game wasn't as close as twenty seven twenty four. The Bengals outplayed them in that game. The week before no, they that, yeah, Cincinnati was in control. The week before that, they have the Rams. They beat the Rams twenty six ten. That's the only game that the Chiefs have covered the betting point spread. Since week five, I'm sorry, since week four against Tampa. Since week four, they have covered the spread one time. So when I was, when yeah. we did our picks this past week, I mean, look, they, they lost to the Bengals. They were a favorite. They didn't cover the last two. They covered against the Rams. They won that. They lost the spread against the Chargers, lost in the spread against the Jags, lost in the spread against the, t- the Titans. They did win the spread against the 49ers. I'm sorry. You go back to that. It was week six. Yeah, they covered the 49ers. Yeah. Covered the 49ers. Lost to the Bills. This team's overrated, aren't they? Yes and no. The, 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 at the end of the day, and it, we, we analyze this now because we're midseason, but at the end of the day, a win is a win. We, don't, you know, yeah. we look at it spreads. We're looking at odds. They, you know, they don't care. Yeah. If you win, you win. It can look ugly, but if a win is still a win. They're still going to be uh, what I expect to be the number two seed right now uh, for the for the conference. They're still going to be Super Bowl contenders. Now, if they make it to the Super Bowl, that's a different question. But whether you whether you beat a bad team by a little bit or by a whole lot, nobody can, nobody. It doesn't matter. No one cares. You only care within a week or two or within the season, but no one's going to look back on that and say, "Oh, they only covered the you know they only covered the Rams or the Broncos and the Texans by a little bit." Yeah, no one cares. 
Yeah. So it's a question of can they beat the Seahawks? Can they can they beat the Broncos? Can they beat the Raiders to finish up the season? I expect them to sweep all three. When you get to the playoffs, then it becomes a question of what's your matchup. You know, and if they're sitting there playing, you know, they're looking and they could get Miami, they could get um they could get the Chargers, they could get I mean you you don't know what that's gonna look like for another three weeks, but we get an idea now that they're gonna be playing they're gonna be playing at home which gives them an advantage, and they're going to be playing one of the lower seeds, um, whoever that seventh seed is. So they'll, they'll probably get past the first week, and they'll make it in, you know, at least one game into the playoffs. Uh, you know, if they bump into uh, if they bump into the, the Bengals or, the, or Buffalo, that could be a problem. But I think that's, that's going to be a conference championship level. Yeah. Well, I looked at it this way. And I know people can say, well, the point spreads don't matter. That stuff doesn't matter. But here's where I say it makes a difference. It gives you an indication of what people think of a team. And, and what I mean by this is I look at the Chiefs and I go, okay, they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. They beat the Texans. They beat the Broncos. They, they're supposed to beat the Chargers. They did. But the three lo- – oh, the loss to the Colts is a fluke early in the year. It just is what it is. There's no team that they've beaten that you wouldn't say, well, they should have beaten. But there's no team that they shouldn't have beaten that they did beat. If you look at the the two close games, the two, I mean, the games where you go, okay, yeah, that's impressive. They lost to Buffalo, they lost to Cincy. Their one signature win was almost two months ago. At the 49ers. At the 49ers. And, and we know the 49ers have gotten healthy. They have a better quarterback team. now. Well, no, that, that was yes, the game. That was the game Garoppolo started for the first time. The week before, yeah. was and, when they got, we got, they got the injury. And Garoppolo played most of yeah. that game. Then he starts this game. Um, and they didn't have CMC then. No, they didn't have McCaffrey. They were, I mean, this is a team that's gotten a lot, they've gotten healthy too. So again, they played mm-hmm. down. They played down to their competition many times. They they don't seem to play well against good teams, and it's not going to affect them in the next three weeks. The Seahawks are their toughest game left. I expect they're going to win, um, especially how cold it's going to be. That's going to be a, a weird game to watch on Christmas Eve, and then they have the mm-hmm. Broncos at Arrowhead at the Raiders. I expect them to to run the Raiders out of their own building. But are we sure? I mean, that game's going to be closer than we think. Even though the Raiders are off. Because that's what the Chiefs do. It's a rivalry game. If they get into the playoffs, let's go. Let's take a look at this real quick. The Chiefs go in as the two seed. Right now they're the two seed. Um, Yep. To give you an idea, they need Buffalo to lose. And I was at a party where everyone was rooting for was rooting against Buffalo, but me because I had bet on Buffalo. Um, but Buffalo does have one big game left. They have the Bengals in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, if Buffalo beats the Bengals, then they're going to clinch the one seed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But if not, then the Chiefs can get the one seed. But the Chiefs need the one seed, and here's why. If you look at it now, what the Chiefs would have to do to get to the Super Bowl 
is the two seed. They would have to play the first week, if you took the standings now, against the Dolphins. Miami. Not yeah. an easy win. Now, no. let's just assume chalk from there, okay? The, all the, the favorites win. Then you got the Bengals. You get the Bengals, They've lost yeah. three the in a row, w- too, and who have owned, beat them twice in Arrowhead in the last 12 months. Then you got to go to Buffalo. Uh-huh. I think that Andy right Reid's a great coach. I think Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback in the league. I don't think any team in the league could run that gauntlet. It, and, and that's the thing. You're playing – you have to go – and we talked about this before. They're going to have to go through the two teams that have beat them. Yeah. More than once. Yep. And if if it's Buffalo, you have to go to Buffalo because uh-huh. they're the number one. They would be the number one seed if they if the Buffalo beats the Bengals, as I expect them to. Yeah. No, no. I know you. I know Burrow. It's Burrow. Yeah, I'm, with, I'm with you. I, Buffalo's going to be a favorite but, in that game. No doubt, Buffalo's the favorite. Buffalo is a favorite. Buffalo gets the number one seed. Kansas City then has to. They would host the Bengals, who have beaten them in Arrowhead a couple times already in the last year, and then they'd have to go to Buffalo. That is not an easy gauntlet. I don't care who you are. Here's they, they may have the toughest road as a number two seed of any team in the playoff. Yeah. And, and if you're a Chiefs fan, you are, you are just doing anything you can to root for Joe Burrow in two weeks. And you hope the Bengals can beat the Bills yes, because yes. here's your road if you're the number one seed. If you're the number one seed, you would get the Bills would still be ahead of the Bengals. Well, they'd be tied. Actually, Buff- the Bengals would move to two, Buffalo would move to three. But you'd have a bye week, then the Titans, then the winner of Bengals, Bills, and Arrowhead. So those yeah. two get to fight each other out instead of you having to play both of them. So that's why it's so important. If you're a Chiefs fan, you've got to hope that Buffalo throws a dud out there against the Bengals in two weeks. Because if not, and you got to hope the Chiefs do what they're supposed to do these next three. What worries me, and we've said about the schedule, look, they keep beating the teams they're supposed to beat. But if you're playing one-score games, against the Broncos and the Texans. Who's to say the ball can't bounce against you in a game and you lose one of them from here? Oh, yeah. It's, let's not forget here that the, the, the final two games are divisional games, and the Raiders and the Broncos hate the Chiefs. It's not about making the playoffs. It's about giving them a big fuck you. And that last Making sure they game, don't get the number one seed. And that Raider game, and really both those games are coaches that could be coaching for their job. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, and I don't think the Seahawks are an easy win either. The Seahawks are going to run the football. No, they are not. They are and not. Geno Smith is a solid. I mean, Geno Smith's not going to go out there and throw three interceptions in the game. And that's what Arrowhead does. Usually, Arrow, when you talk about this whole Arrowhead mystique thing in the Chiefs' kingdom, it's usually that you force teams to make mistakes. The teams that beat them there are the teams that don't make mistakes. 
You know, I was there week one against the Chargers, and when I was watching that game, or week two against the Chargers, when they played that game, the difference in the game was that the Chiefs forced the Chargers, they forced one bad play. The defense forced the pick six that won the game for them. Otherwise, the Chargers win that game. And yeah. so you, that's what the whole arrowhead magic thing is, that if you're going to force these teams, Seattle isn't going to play that way. The Bengals don't play that way. Buffalo doesn't play that way. They, they want to run the football. They're going to play solid. They have quarterbacks that don't make mistakes. Of those three quarterbacks, the one that makes the most mistakes is Burrow. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a killer. So yeah, I just – Watch ah. out. Be careful what you wish for. It's like being a Kansas State fan right now. I've seen a few here in Lawrence who are wearing their beat Bama shirts. I got to tell you this one. Hey, look, if you're a K-Stater, be careful what you wish for. Everybody says they want Bama till they get Bama. And as an LSU fan, I'll Bama, tell you, yeah. that ain't an easy win. <laughs> we just happen to do it more than anybody I don't care how many people they got else. on a transfer I don't care how many people they got a transfer portal. You don't want Bama. Oh, oh, yeah. He's closed you up the get ranks. Bama. So what's funny is the guys who are leaving Alabama in the transfer portal, they're the guys who aren't on the field. Nick Saban doesn't yeah. care. He's like, oh, you want you want to get more playing time? You're not earning it here. Take off. Go go over somewhere up. Go to Auburn and play. Here you're not going to play. Nice to you see know, you on the other side of the field later. Go right ahead. Yeah. No, he's, gonna what, what, he ain't going to yeah. worry about He's Bama. Go ahead. Go, ahead. So, Go right ahead. Yeah. Um, the other things I want to talk about real quick. I want to get out of here sooner than later. I want to keep this tight today. But uh, yeah. Saturday's games. Did you watch any of Saturday's action? Uh, yes, I did. All right. So Saturday, I'm going I'm to let everybody in. I, I talked a lot of gambling on Friday's pod. My man, I went hard and heavy on something. I I don't do a lot of parlay action stuff. You know, I don't do any of the same game parlay stuff. I did on Thursday night last week, and I hit it on McCaffrey and some other stuff. But um, Thursday night before the game, I picked the 49ers, the Vikings, and the Bills. And I just did money line on all three. No spreads, just straight money line. You know, you're laying some, some percentages there, but – I bet a lot of money on two different parlays, one at Caesars, one somewhere else. And the 40 hours did their part. They won on Thursday. Then I'm watching that Vikings game. Yep. And I love Caesars. <laughs> all the live action. Did you see my tweet on Saturday? Yes, I did. <laughs> so I'm sitting oh, there watching God. the game, and I want to shout out my boy Barry Kingery. Barry is, a, is the biggest Vikings fan I know. He's at the game. And I'm sitting there going, okay, look, this Colts team is not good. Now Jonathan Taylor's out. Oh, my God. This is going to – the Vikings will come back and win this game. It's one of those where you're watching the game and you're going, all right, everything bad that can happen has happened. It's done. It's like the Chiefs a few weeks ago against the Raiders. Like everything it could happen has happened. We know who the better team is. They're going to come back and win. But then it was 33 to nothing. And I'm sitting there going, oh, God. Because what I had done in the first and second quarter was I had laid additional bets on odds uh-huh. on the Vikings <laughs> line, the money line, each of them. Like, all right, here we go. Like, 
I'm not going to bet them to cover a spread from here, but I'll bet on the money line. You're going to give me two to one, three to one. I'll take it. Yeah. Fuck, it was 33-0. And then the Vikings get the ball, first possession, and I'm going, or no, it was 29-3 to half. And then the Vikings get the ball, and they go three and out. And then the the Colts come down and get a field goal, and it's 33-3. And I'm going, fuck. And I'm going, well, I lost this. So I fell asleep on my couch. About 45, oh, no. <laughs> 45 minutes later, I woke up. And the Colts had the ball down seven, I think it was. I have to go back and remember the exact number. But it was one score, and there's like four minutes left. And I'm like, are you fucking shitting me? So I text Barry at the game. I'm like, what is going on? I was like, I fell asleep for 45 minutes. He said, well, I almost fell asleep at halftime. But he's in the stadium. He says, they keep messing up, and we keep taking advantage. And I literally said on a tweet at halftime, I said, if I was the Colts, I wouldn't throw another pass in this game. I wouldn't throw another pass in this game. If I'm going to be up where you've got to score four times, even if it's the whole second half. And I know that I got Matt Ryan as my quarterback. I'm telling him, motherfucker, you're handing the ball off. I text my boy Barry at halftime a picture, and it was the picture of 28-3 to from the Super Bowl when Matt Ryan blew that lead. And Matt Ryan gets saddled with it because he was the quarterback. But the Falcons lost the Super Bowl to Brady and the Patriots after being up 28-3 with two minutes to go in the third quarter. I said, look, he's done it before. He can do it again. And what do I always say about Matt Ryan? You can always trust Matt Ryan to do what? To do Matt Ryan things. To do Matt Ryan things. It wasn't like he dropped back and threw five interceptions. But he wasn't accurate. He did throw a pick. He wasn't accurate, and they kept calling horrible passing plays. I'm like, just why are you trying to throw the ball 15 yards? If you're going to throw, throw a fucking screen pass. But otherwise, run the ball and shorten the game. Make it to where they have four possessions and have to score on all four of them. Don't give them a chance to have six possessions because you're going to go three and out three times. Horrible coaching. Now, and it was funny because I'm on Twitter and I'm watching this in the fourth quarter. And you can see like other coaches out there are finally taking it to Jeff Saturday going, this is why you hire a real coach and not, and not someone who has a uh, coach. That's a, that, that is an easy pinata knock. That's, I, I, I hate that I, sentiment I don't as like if they've either. never blown, as if these but, guys have never fucking blown a fucking lead before. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, they threw the ball. I went back and looked at the stats. And I was like, what the fuck are they doing? Who is calling plays? Oh, I agree. Oh, I agree. Don't get me wrong. It was a mistake, the play calling. I get. I, there's no denying that. But I mean, other coaches criticizing is, is like live, is, it's living in a glass house. They all fucked up before. Yeah. Well, and, and, and look, I'm saying I'm the one criticizing now. I would not have called a game like that if I was Jeff Saturday in the second half. I'd have been telling the OC, hey, once we got a 33-3 to lead in this game, we're up 30. Um, guys, they got to score four touchdowns plus X, plus two-point conversions. 
we're going to run the football from here. Just keep getting me first downs yes. and running this fucking clock down. Shorten this game. Let's see if we can take away one or two possessions by clock management. And maybe we'll put ourselves in the field goal spot. A couple. I'm not even trying to score touchdowns. If I get myself a couple short field goal tries, I'll take them. Oh, of course. But, yeah. uh, just ridiculous. I mean, just utterly fucking ridiculous. I blame Matt Ryan for a lot of it because he didn't, he couldn't make throws that he should be making. But I got to blame the coaching staff because the play calling was horrific. I've never seen a team up 30 keep trying to throw the ball so much. Yeah, I haven't either. And, and, and you can tell, if you look at this, they're not scoring touchdowns. They had five field goals. Uh-huh. That's half their scoring right there is five field goals. Whereas Minnesota scored five touchdowns. Yeah. Come back. It's a very different game. And you're absolutely right. You run the ball, short, you know, shorten their possessions and get them off the field. It, it's, we, we, I've said it I don't know how many times about how you deal with Mahomes. When you have a big lead and you still got to have to go, that's an automatic. You gotta get to the end. You want to burn that clock. You don't want to give them enough possessions to get back in this game. No matter what the situation is, the one thing you don't want to do is give them a chance. Yeah. So, and here's the thing. So, it's at thirty-three nothing. I got the thing pulled up here now. Thirty-three nothing. The Vikings go. I was mistaken on the score. Thirty-three nothing, and the, the Vikings. Go three and out and take one minute off the clock. Start the second half. What do the Colts do? They go three and out and take off two minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah. The Vikings come down seven plays, 88 yards, three minutes, touchdown. Then you have the best possession of the half for the Colts after that. Six plays, 26 yards. 329, you get a field goal. That makes it 36 to 7. So now we've run off, let me read this five, six, seven, eight, nine. You've run off a little under 10 minutes of the third quarter. So now you've got 20 minutes of game time left. And you're up 28 points. The, the Vikings come down, eight plays, 75 yards, three and a half minutes, touchdown. What do the Colts do? Three and out, one minute. You want to hear the three, the three plays? A run up the middle for three yards. That's not bad for first down. Give me three, four, and three, and we got 10. But guess what happens on second and third down? Incomplete passes. Ryan throws an incomplete pass short. Ryan throws a deep ball on third and seven, incomplete. They got a punt. So then the Vikings come down in two minutes to score again. The next possession, well, the Colts get the ball. They run it off the, off the, off the left end for 11 yards, first down. Hey, that's exactly what you want to do on first down. Run the football and get a first down. Then they five. run again the second play, and they get five yards. Guess what second second and third down were? Matt what do you guess? 
incomplete passes. You get five on and, first and, down, and you and they were up. They were up fifteen at the time. Now you're into the you're into the fourth quarter. Run the ball. Run the ball. Don't you got to? And here's the thing: if you look, if you yeah, you got to shorten it because here's the thing: those three and outs that are only a minute. If you run three times and exhaust your your clock, that is an extra three to four minutes on just three and outs mm-hmm. that you are now taking away from them at the end of the game, and they don't get that last drive that gets them a tie. So that's the key here. Further my point here, the next possession, the Vikings drive all the way down the field, 48 yards, throwing interception to two-yard line. Colts, three and out. Incomplete pass on first down, a two-yard run on second down. Incomplete pass on third down. They haven't completed a pass in the second half at this point. Vikings come and down. You've given, and, and you've given the Vikings two to three minutes of extra time on their yeah. drives to make a score. Yeah. And the Vikings come down, they get a touchdown. 36-20. This is about when I woke up. 36-28. Colts come down. Okay, there's five. 30 left in the game. You have an eight-point lead. It means your opponent has to score and get the two-point conversion. And you've got the ball on a t- on a touchback at the 25-yard line. 5:30 to go. All right. I'm running the football. I'm going to make you use your timeouts, but you don't have them later. And we're going to get a couple of first downs. They run up the middle for five. They run again for six, for two, third and three. They get six. They convert. First down, they're running the ball, fumble. Recovered by Indianapolis, or recovered by the Vikings. It, it, unbelievable. I mean, just these, this whole thing keeps it going. Yeah, and so I'm not going to go finish the whole thing. We know what happened. So, but again, you have, you basically have given them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten possessions in the second half of that game. They should have gotten five. Even Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Now, that game was an amazing comeback. It was the, actually, by numbers, it was the greatest comeback in, in, in NFL history. Never been a comeback of 33 points in the regular season game. Um, the only comeback close was 35-3 on uh, the playoffs, the Bills against the Oilers back in 92. Um, the night game, though, was the interesting one. <laughs> I was about to bet. So now I got the bet. I got I – got, I got the first piece on Thursday. By the grace of whatever divine power you want to call it, I would say it was just because Jeff Saturday didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Um, I've now won the second game. And the third, like, I'm going, hey, this is the game I was most confident in. I loved Buffalo because I heard it was going to be a goddamn snowstorm the second half of this game. And the snowstorm to me was going to negate the speed 
of the bill of the Dolphins offense. Because when you have to do so much in rhythm and timing, and so much is built on Tyreek Hill getting loose, you can't do that when the snow is coming down. Yeah. Well, it doesn't snow till there's like eight minutes left in the game. And at that point, and Buffalo that took over. And Buffalo was built to play in this weather. They knew what they were doing. Josh Allen had a huge game. Buffalo ends up beating the Dolphins in a closer game than most expected. I expected to, I, I thought the Bills would cover the seven. I thought it would be right at seven or eight. Um, but they end up winning by four, I think it was. Let me pull it back up here. Um, it was three, 32 29. So, yeah, it was, it was a three point game. Back, and at the end, and, and I think Allen, that says something about Miami. I think it does too. I think that, like I said, I was thinking going in that it was going to be a lot of that was going to be based upon had the weather been shitty the whole second half, that plays better to Buffalo. But, yeah, I think Miami came in there and said, hey, we're not tripping on ourselves. There's no ice on this field. We can still run and get things. That Tua played well, and Tyreek Hill had a really big game. Jalen Waddle had a huge game. It was a good game. Moser had 136 yards yeah, on the ground. He, he had, had a, a good game. Yard run for a touchdown. It, I kept watching it because I, I was at a party. I kept watching the, the the game cast on my phone, and I kept seeing like the score went back and forth and back and forth. And then Buffalo got up 14, and I was like, okay, this is I'm not too worried now. And then boom, the Dolphins scored again. I was like, fuck. And I was like, what is going on? And then the Dolphins took the lead. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. So, then they, so then they turned it on at the place we were at. And now we see the snow coming down. I'm talking to a couple of guys who are watching the game now. All of a sudden, the guys get to a certain spot to watch the game. And I'm like, oh, this snow <laughs> the Dolphins. But you got to give a ton of credit to the Dolphins because they knew that it was going to be a tough track. But it wasn't as tough a track till the, four, the late fourth quarter and they took advantage and were still getting huge plays. Jalen Waddle had a big yeah. play. Tyreek had a big play. Mostert had a big run. You, you kind of would have thought that would have gone the other way, but it didn't. And I got to give a ton of credit to the Dolphins. But then at the end, I got to give the credit to Josh Allen in the fourth quarter because he absolutely took over. And did what we kind of thought he, he did what runs. I was I was talking to Tyler Jones on his podcast this past week. He's what he thinks is going to happen. I said, I think Josh Allen's going to have a huge game. I think he's going to run for a whole shitload of yards, probably a touchdown or two. And he's going to have one of the best games of the year because if that track is going to be wet and it's going to be snowy, he's so hard to bring down. I think next to Derrick Henry, Josh Allen's the hardest guy in the league to take down. <laughs> I do. I really believe that. I really believe next to Derrick Henry, it's the runner I don't want to take on is Josh Allen. It's hard to argue that when you've seen people try to take him down and have difficulty, even in even in the best of conditions, they yeah. you know he kind of shoves him a little bit. It, mm-hmm. It's it's. I want to give my, my, Miami a lot of credit for showing up in the cold. We knew the yes. cold was going to be a problem. I think they negated that and said, nope, we're going to deal with the cold just fine. We're going to be all prepped for that. Where you do see the difference is when that snow comes into play. Because if you're not in that cold week in, week out, and you don't get those snow games, yeah. that's a little bit trickier. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I think you're spot on, and I think that that was the end of it. I, I'm convinced had that snow not come in, the Dolphins might win that game because it slowed them down. It's very possible. Yeah. And, very and, possible. I mean, it just that's an offense that's not built for that situation. And I got to be honest, I'm not a fan of this whole, well, you got to play them in the snow and you got to, this is football weather. When I see someone say that it's like 20 degrees or 10 degrees or below zero, shit is football weather, I want to slap that person. <laughs> football, Look, professional it's, it's football is playing in dome this time of year. It's, it's not the best weather conditions, but we've all played in terrible conditions like that where it's yeah. brutally cold or yeah. soaping, you know, the, or, the, or the ground is so wet. Or it's or there's snow on the ground. These are the elements, and this is what they play in. We don't call it football weather; we just call it natural weather. And it it's it adds an element to the game of just because the guy across from you is is wanting to beat you doesn't mean the conditions are best. You've got to work in those conditions. That's the job. Hey, but I agree. It's 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 not ideal, but at the same time, it is realistic. Yeah. You had asked me before we came on. You said you were going to surprise me with this. You have a question for me. You said it was something I you do, wanted to I ask do. There me was, about. There, I was because I was playing with the playoff machine on ESPN yesterday, and I and and because this came into my head, yeah. And I was like, because it became possible yesterday. It became legitimately though. It's you know, I, I was curious and I could not find him. The odds. And, and I want to hear your take on this. The odds, the possibility of it being a Jacksonville Detroit Super Bowl. Oh, God. Um, if they, I, I was playing with it and I was trying to say, well, what would it take for them to both be in the playoffs? Because I, you know, we both like Detroit and I think they have a real, I think they have a, they stand a, a, a realistic chance of making the playoffs. The, the Jaguars are, have been on the outside for forever, but suddenly now with this week, they do have a chance to make the playoffs. So if they both make the playoffs, what are the odds? And I could not find, I could only find individual odds of making the playoffs. I could find individual odds for making the Super Bowl, but what are the combined odds? I could lay 10 bucks down and make a million dollars. What are the odds Detroit and Jacksonville make the Super Bowl? I would say you've got to get 10,000 to one on. Yeah, I, I got to imagine at least because I mean, someone the, give the two me of them making the playoffs one, in and of itself is a is a long shot. If you give me ten thousand to one right now, I'll get I'll put a hundred dollars with you. I would too. So here's the thing: so Detroit has a good chance of making the playoffs. I, I was playing with the the machine. I like what the way it looks like for them to make the playoffs. If I pick all the games. Jacksonville has a realistic chance of making the playoffs. I don't think. They have a chance of making the Super Bowl. And I'm not sitting here thinking that the Lions are going to make the Super Bowl. But if there's that that one in a million, I might throw 10 bucks on that just for the hell of it, but I can't find yeah. where to make that. Bet. Oh, yeah, you can give me 10,000 to one. I know that a $100 bet's a million bucks. So I'm willing to, I'm willing yeah. to carve that out with you, homie, if you want to go half and half on that. <laughs> that does remind me. So I was. Um, at a party Saturday night, and we were talking about sports gambling because mm-hmm. it's now legal here in Kansas. And I'm talking about how I had the parlay, and 
one of the wives of one of the people that was there that I knew, he, she says, a financial advisor is over here talking about gambling? And, I, and my wife says, look, <laughs> he's not gambling <laughs> with like clients' money or even a lot of money. It's just his side money. It's just like a fun thing to do. And this lady was like freaking out because she was like, does that mean he's like taking clients? I said, does he recommend this to other people? And I went, no, I don't recommend this. Like I have my podcast and I do this podcast and we appreciate Caesars as our main sponsor here. And we love it when everybody goes to Caesars and they get their, their big deal. You know, you get the thousand dollar free, you know, recovery on your free, but first bet, or you get your bonus up front. We appreciate that. It helps us out too. But in the end, what have I said from the beginning? Bet what you can afford. Don't overspend. Don't extend yourself. Those sort of things. And this lady had the audacity to say something to me about that. And my poor wife was like, oh, no, I ain't having this shit. No, no, fuck you, lady. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's no – do you go to the casino? Do you go with the clients? No, you go with your money. You play. You. This is a diversion. It's a hobby. It's side. It's it's side fun. You're not. It's. I I can see the perception there because there's you know sure. that's the kind of shit that always makes the news. That's what we always yeah. hear about with hedge fund you know prosecutions and all that shit. But that's not the reality. And the the reality is is that look, you're throwing ten bucks here, twenty bucks there. Yeah. You're playing with your side money. You're playing with some you know some some fun money. Not anything, you know. You know, I'm not putting a thousand dollars down on anything. Yeah, there's no way yeah. because I have to live in the real world, that's and right. the real world is that that's when you that's when you have the problem. That's why they put the 800 number after at the end of every one of those betting commercials. Yeah. If you have a problem, dial this number. We'll get you help. That's why they do that because you're not supposed to do that. No, you're supposed to have a little bit of fun with this. You know, I know Ellen and I talked about this a couple times now, and I'm bringing it up with you now. You know, we talk a lot about gambling on here, a lot about it. We bring up spreads, and then I go on the Jones Report, and we talk about it. Look, if people are listening and they're going, well, Bo does really well, I should follow his picks. First off, don't follow any of my fucking picks in the Jones Report. I don't pick those games. I just got to – I went one eight and one last week on the games Tyler had me pick. I wouldn't have bet on nine of them buckers. The one game I would have bet on, I won. <laughs> So don't bet the games, <laughs> don't bet those games. Um, but like we do our picks here, even you know, like we have our Caesars deal with me and Ellen do, you know, I'm, bar- I'm barely 500. But I'm also trying to spread it out. I'm trying to pick different teams in different situations and, and not trying to just be one single closed mind. I'm trying to give you some ideas. But I'm also not saying, hey, go put 500 bucks on these picks. If you're listening to me, and you're going, hey, I'm going to listen to Bo. Bo knows what he's talking about. And I'm going to try to bet, make up my mortgage payment or get me you know, extra money for Christmas. Don't do that. Look, it's fun to bet $5, 10 maybe $20 on a ball game when you're watching it at home or you're at the bar with your buddies. That's fun. It's fun. Yes. And that's what yes. it's like. Fantasy. You know, we tell you that Caesars will give you back a thousand bucks on your first bet. I don't like talking about, I mean, it's up to 1250, but I don't like talking about that as much because 
I don't want people listening to go put $1,200 on a fucking bet. I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, no one so, should be putting $1,200. I mean, unless you make, unless you make $10 million, you shouldn't be putting that much money down on a bet. Unless a thousand bucks, this is the way I would put it. Bet tip money. What is it yeah. you would tip somebody? Would you tip the guy holding the door open five bucks? Would you tip the, the server an extra 20 around Christmas? Then that's the kind of money you gamble with. You don't gamble with a thousand bucks unless a thousand bucks is tip money to you. And frankly, there is nobody in my life that I know who a thousand bucks is tip money. So that's the yeah. rule for me. Not that I know. Someone will say, how much do you tip money? You know me. And you know me well enough to know that I'm a pretty generous tipper when I go places. Yeah. I worked in the industry yeah. for way too long. But we, we, again, we all worked in the service industry yeah, at yeah. one point or another. And, so, and you're the same way. You're just you're even more so generous at times than I am. I've seen you do that. So, I mean, it's one of those things where you go, okay, you know, it, I don't mind betting a little bit like that. But I'm not throwing 500 bucks on a game. Now, have I no. gotten extended in a game maybe a couple times this season? It, it turned out that I put a couple <laughs> too many bets. Yes, that has happened two to three times. And luckily, I've won all three times. But um, in the same time... That's the exception, not the rule. It is the exception, not the rule. And it's really been me just having to put the phone down. So please, people, be careful out there. I just thought it was hilarious Saturday night at that party because this, this lady was... Like, just like, huh? He's gambling? And, I was like, and then somebody else is telling me, there's another guy at the party. He's also rooting for the, there's only two of us at the party rooting for the Bills. The same reason, because we got the Bills in the game. Everybody else is rooting for the Dolphins because they're all Chiefs fans and they want the Bills to lose, which I Buffalo, totally understand. Yeah, they want Bills to lose, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, come on. <laughs> so man, some fun I don't. Fun. I want the Chiefs to play in Week One. I want them to play in Week One. I want the Bills to have the bye. That's just the way it is. While we were talking there, I ran through the playoff machine. I, mean, I hadn't done it yet, so I I picked games for the next yeah. three weeks as the winners. And my playoffs come out as this: Buffalo and the Eagles is the number one seeds. Yep. The Chiefs, the Bengals. And the Titans, two, three, four, with the Chargers, Dolphins, and Ravens, five, six, seven. And then I have... Go ahead. in the NFC, it comes out as Vikings in the two, 49ers in the three. The 49ers are the team that can give the Eagles a problem that I mentioned earlier. That's the team that can give them the problem. Yeah. The Bucks. As the four seed only because they win the division with a with an eight and nine record. And then Dallas is the five, Detroit as the six, the Giants is the seven. I have the exact same outlook except one difference. What's that? Because I'm play I'm I picked I picked it for the long odds because I talked about it earlier. Yeah. So instead of the Titans winning that last game. I have Jacksonville winning their last game. And if they do that, Jacksonville is the four seed and Titans are out. 
holy shit, I just did it too on my pick. I just changed it. And I, yep. And now, yeah, it shows me Jacksonville is the four because they win the division, which would then knock the, the Titans out. Same five, six, Because at this point, there's a lot of games that just don't have an impact on it. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, I played with it yesterday. But the one that matters, <clears throat> it's that Titans. If Jacksonville wins the next two games, yeah. that Titans game is critical. If they win, they're the four seed. If they lose, they're out. That's for both teams. That's the, that's the game that matters. Yeah, but so games, you got to keep an eye out there for that Jacksonville. To see what happens the next couple of weeks, because then that begin, that game becomes very critical for playoff contention. And it would be Jacksonville against the Chargers in four and five yeah. on that on week one. That would be, and it's not Miami against the Chiefs. It's Baltimore against the Chiefs. Yes, yeah, it's Baltimore moving to the seven. Now that's getting yeah. that Baltimore would, and I think that means Baltimore wins two of the last three because it's got. Let me look here. Um, yeah, that's how I, I've I got Baltimore them losing, losing the last the week last to the Bengals. The Bengals, but I have Same. Baltimore. Let me see where are they at here. I have them winning those other two. I'm almost sure. Where are they at? I have. I have them beating the Steelers, beating Steelers in week 17. week 17. And week yep. 16, I have. They beat Atlanta next week. They have Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay, there it is. Yep, beating Atlanta. So yeah, I so have Baltimore. It's going to come down now. If now the quick, the weird one is, okay, if Baltimore were to beat the, um, the Bengals, they can move to the three seed. And they oh, but here's the thing: I just made that change. They'd end up playing each other again back to back week because then yeah. Bengals would be the six seed and they'd be the three. Yeah, yeah, and that was also yeah, assuming, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and that was assuming the Buffalo beats the Bengals. If the Bengals were able to beat Buffalo, they can move clear up to the two seed, and then you'd see the Chiefs move to the one. So that's the most important yeah. game for the Chiefs fans moving out, is that you got to go 3-0, and and Buffalo needs to lose to the Bengals. Yeah. If, you go, if you have to go to, the, to Johnny's to watch that game, you're going to have a rough time finding any allies in that Bills-Bengals game. That game is actually the Monday night, gonna, play, the last Monday night game of the year. So oh, I'll be yeah. You're going to have a – Oh, that's so that, you won't that's that January 2nd game why I'm not going to Tulane's bowl game. So, yeah, yeah. because it's going to be all day. I got Tulane, LSU, and the bank, and then Joe Burrow. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we leave, we've been – we said last week, we set it up for um, – we said we were going to do for the last month, we were going to do our MVP rankings going into the next week. So now we've gotten through week 15. We're setting up the week 16. Um, I'm going to give you my top five. Tell me where you're at or where you agree or disagree. I've still got Jalen Hurts at one. Now, I know he's hurt. And if he misses more than one game, that will affect how I feel. I put Joe Burrow up to number two. I think he played so well in the game against – he was a – Primary reason they beat the Bucks. They came back. Um, I thought his play has been exceptional, especially in the last six to eight weeks. I have Joe Burrow number two. I have Josh Allen now number three. Last week we kind of had Allen and Mahomes together. You know, it was one of those flip a coin things. Josh Allen played way too well this past week. I think he separated himself from Mahomes. Number four is my only non-quarterback, 
and that's Justin Jefferson, who had a fantastic second half, uh, was a big reason the Vikings came back. He's the best non-quarterback oh, yeah. in the league. And then I have Mahomes fifth. We got three weeks to go. There's still time, and there's still some things that can happen. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is probably going to miss. Jalen Hurts may miss the most important game of the next three. And then you've got Burrow, Allen, and Mahomes all playing for playoff position. And then Justin Jefferson is really kind of dependent on Kirk Cousins, but they have to keep playing well to stay the two seed. So I still think we can see some shuffling in there in the um, in those rankings. So it wouldn't surprise sure. oh, me in a week. It wouldn't surprise me if next week we come in here and we have a new number one. If Hertz doesn't it's play. Possible. Well, if Hertz yeah, doesn't play possible. and Allen plays exceptional or Mahomes plays unworldly or Burrow takes the Bengals in and beats the Patriots. Look, I'm going to say this way. If Jalen Hurts misses one or two games and the Bengals went out, including beating Buffalo, Joe Burrow's going to win the MVP. I can see where you're going with that, and that's that's definitely possible. I would say I would agree with that, except I would probably still keep Mahomes at two, and here's my reason why. Because we talked about it earlier. How well are the Kansas City Chiefs winning in these last the last couple of months without Tyreek Hill this year, it's been rougher. They're leaning on Mahomes and he's answering the call. That's well, that's the difference where I would say Mahomes is still probably a number two for me. Um okay. I do I still would put Justin Jefferson at five and I, I would agree with the rest of the list as is, as you have it, just putting Mahomes at two and moving everyone else down. Now, um but yeah, I would agree the same. Hertz is still my number one. It's his to lose, in my opinion. Yeah, I think um, even I agree if, he, with that. if he misses this week, yeah. If he come, if he misses this week, but still comes back and finishes strong and and, and goes into that, I still think it's his to lose. I, I give him the injury. Well, yeah, I would give any quarterback a one week injury one out. Yeah. And well, I would rec. And I, as I said earlier, I want him to sit this week. I think he should because yeah. that's not the goal. MVP is not the goal. The Super Bowl is yeah. the goal. Yeah, it's not about having the 17 best games. It's about being yeah. consistently the best player through 17. Mahomes has had a couple of bad games. Burrow had a terrible game week one. He had, yeah. four, he had four turnovers in that game. So that's why I'm willing to give a little grace on Hurts sitting out this week because he's played phenomenal for the first 15 weeks. And yes, if he, he spits has. out he, one it, game, you know, I'm okay with that. And I would still give him the MVP. But he has to play and win week 17 and 18. The games they should win. I think so, too. You know, if he, if he so doesn't too. play weeks 16, 17, 18, then I don't think you can give it to him. And if he missed three, I'm it, not going to give it to him. It's hard to, to make an argument there. Yeah. But it's it, – it, it goes back. I always love going back to this. Where he's like the MVP should be the best. No, no, no. It's the most valuable. It's the and in my opinion, well, most valuable to the team's success. And well, in this okay. case, Hertz is at the top of the list, right up there with those guys. Well, here's why I, I think you're right. In the way I would vote for an MVP would be, I would vote for who I think the best player that's done the best for, not necessarily the best team, but the one that's made his team the best. He can make. Them. 
Um, having said that, I probably wouldn't vote for a quarterback this season because the two players that I think are better and make their team better than every quarterback in the league are Justin Jefferson and Travis Kelsey. I agree with you on Justin Jefferson. It's a hard argument. We talked about Kelsey, I think it was last week, even as an MVP candidate. Yeah. I just, if it weren't, if it weren't Patrick Mahomes, I would have to, if it were any other team, I would have to agree on that. But it's because it's Patrick Mahomes throwing to him. Mahomes is going to get the credit for that. Oh, sure. Well, look, it's not, I'm not trying to say that I think either of those guys are fucking fantastic. Mahomes is the best (laughs) quarterback in the league. Okay. There's no question here. Like, I mean, even yeah. I, as big a Joe Burrow fan as I am, will say that if I had to choose one, I have to take the guy with the most upside. That is Patrick Mahomes. It's absolutely Patrick. Boy, it really helps when you got Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey is the best tight end we've seen. He, he and Gronk are the best two we've ever seen. Did they? He just broke a record, too. I think he passed... Somebody, I think he passed Gonzalez. He passed. Uh, oh shit, I don't have it now. Not he didn't pass Antonio Gonzalez. Gonzalez is still number one. Shannon Sharp. He passed Shannon Sharp. Sharp on total receiving yards. Yeah, yeah. and they tell you how good. Now look, that's the thing is that like people don't realize. Like if I had to choose, this is going to be controversial. But if I'm choosing between Gonzalez and Sharp, Sharp every day of the week. Shannon Sharp was a better football player. Tony Gonzalez. It's not that controversial. I like. I mean, don't get me wrong. All hey, respect to Tony Gonzalez. He was what he went to Kansas time. City. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I, it's not. It's not that hard of a reach, honestly, because yeah. I, I remember watching both of them at the same yeah. time. Hell, in the same games, and seeing. I mean, I was a. I'm a big fan of when. When Shannon Sharp was on the field, I liked him on the field. I really liked him on the yeah. field. He at the time he probably was my favorite tight end. Sh- Shannon Sharp was the first tight end that was really a hybrid. He could go out wide and play wide receiver. Yeah, he was just as good a blocker as Gonzalez, but you have to be able to do a tight end. Um, but the guys like Kelsey. And, and Gonzalez, a lot of it was also the offensive scheme. They threw to the tight end a whole lot. If you ask me, there's those four guys that are better than everybody at tight end in the history of the game. And that's Jen Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Ronkowski, and I'm willing to put uh, Kelsey in that group. And to me, oh, yeah. it's still Gronk is the best. Gronk to me is by far the best. And then I'm at that Shannon Sharp, Travis Kelsey thing, and then it's Gonzalez. But I'm not saying that. That's like it's like arguing the four greatest quarterbacks of all time. We can all sit here and argue. I heard Aaron Rodgers yeah, say he thought Brett Favre was one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I'm like no, but you know, uh, uh, yeah, I, we can all argue those things. But it's not, and it's not a. He dip, was one of the top so quarterbacks in his day. Okay, yeah. he's a Hall of it, Famer. Yes. Yeah, but on the tight end thing, you know, it's, I'm saying it's like it's not a diss on any of the four. And Kittle is coming, and he might end up in that group. And if you want to mm-hmm. have five, oh, he yeah. might be it. I mean, I mean, you look at the next couple, it's, you know, 
It's George Kittle. You've got uh, Kellen Winslow was one of the all-time great tight ends. You can go back to Ditka if you want, but I mean, there's a there's a pretty big drop off, and Kittle could be that next guy. But I, I, I back to the Travis Kelsey thing. If Travis Kelsey wasn't in the same offense with Patrick Mahomes, he would get more attention. True, because he's the outlet. He's the outlet for any other yeah. quarterback. He's more of an outlet for yeah. most other quarterbacks than he is, for, he is even for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He would be well, getting just, more touches. Yeah, I just look at it and I go, man, if he, if if Travis Kelsey played, and, I, and he's great as a chief and it's a great fit, especially Andy Reid's offense, he's a great fit. If you're playing around and playing fantasy, you can move him somewhere. Boy, he'd be just as good anywhere else. There's nowhere you'd go, he isn't a good fit. No, he's a good he's a he's a good fit anywhere for a lot of people. And I agree. Yeah. There's not a lot of players in the league. There's very few players in the league. Because you can even say that about quarterbacks. Look, Mahomes can't do what Burrow can do. Burrow can't do what Mahomes can do. Dak Prescott is completely different than both of them. And if you try to put Dak Prescott in both those offenses, they're not nearly as good. But you couldn't put no, Patrick Mahomes right. in Dak Prescott's offense. Doesn't mean Completely that Dak Prescott's better than Mahomes. It's just not a good fit. So that's where, like, the, the whole Travis Kelsey thing, to me, there's literally 32 teams that would go, yeah, that guy works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, him, Justin Jefferson, you might include Jamar Chase in that, in that, in that thing as well. We just go, Yeah. Yeah, he fits in our offense. Uh, Derrick Henry. Well, you, uh, you can make the argument for Tyree Kill, too. He's doing it in two offenses yeah, very you well. You absolutely yeah. can. And so that's where absolutely. you look at it and go, huh, you know. So I think that's interesting. I, I liked your question earlier on the uh, what would be the odds. God, a Jacksonville-Detroit um, Super Bowl would be absolutely awful news for the NFL. <laughs> I, I disagree. I disagree. I think it would be fantastic. It would turn the entire league upside down. I would love to see this. I, but, I, you know, the odds are so <laughs> But there's not a single, like, the guy on either of those two teams. I mean, the, 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 the best the guy is Trevor Lawrence. And look. He is? As anti-Clemson as I am. Trevor Lawrence could not make a Super Bowl. We cannot let that happen. Oh no, no! It's, it, this is this isn't just a, this is a pipe dream. We're not talking yeah. anything realistic. These both of those teams are not making yeah. the Super Bowl. Neither of those teams are making the Super Bowl. I am excited that they could both make the playoffs. I think that says a lot about the direction and the changes that are happening in the league. Uh, you know, yeah. the dynasties as it as, and, and you know the handing off. Generation, generation. I love what this represents. Is that realistic? Not in a million years. Yeah. Would I throw ten bucks on it? Yes. Would I bet anything else? Hell no. So we're here. What's funny though? You know, we're we're both on this Lions team, man. If they come out ten and seven, they catch the sixth seed. That's a team that a matchup against the 49ers could go their way. <laughs> I, and, and the thing is, 
I would really it's like look forward fest. to that game. I don't give I don't give him a chance a to beat the 49ers, but I would love to see it. Yeah. It I would, would be love to see it. It would be, be twenty to eighteen. Probably the 49ers win, but you know that Dan Campbell's ahead of the guy ready. That's what I love about them. Dan Camp, they buy into him, and they're not the most talented team. They have some really nice pieces. No, but they are. They could, they could use away. more. And when they get a they get a real quarterback, oh, they get a real quarterback, and they get. I, a, I think a that's legit the number one receiver. Man, because that defense is already getting better. I, they get a playmaker the on the is back. Getting better. They're, they they get a playmaker in the back. They're running set. the ball. Yeah, they get a playmaker. You get a quarterback. See what's funny is they're successful now, and two of the three most important positions they don't have a good player at yet. The most important positions they have serviceable pieces: quarterback, corner. You're going to have one lockdown corner and left tackle. They need a corner, and they need a quarterback still. They get yes. those two yes. boys and girls, and they've got a great edge rusher. And, and Aiden Hutchins, uh, look, that's the Aiden Hutchins. We've been talking about him all year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look, forget he's this year's Micah Parsons. I mean, for God's yeah. sakes. I mean, he's, yeah, that's a team that could be somewhere. Like, so awesome, awesome stuff. So, hey, I appreciate it. Hey, by the way, Uncle Rico, as always, his appearance is brought to us by Stitch Fix. Don't forget, you can get $25 off your box, first box of Stitch Fix. Uh, check out the link in the show notes. Use that. Follow that link. Save today. I love Stitch Fix. I'm actually wearing Stitch Fix right now. We're there to pull over. Hey, look at me. What do you think of the pull over? Nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, <laughs> look, I don't shop. I don't go anywhere and shop for clothes. I get my Stitch Fix box. And now that P Money and I are about the same size, like, if I don't like something, I just hand it to him. <laughs> I'm like, do you like this? He's like, yeah. If he says no, then I'll send it back. But I also, you also get a huge discount if you keep them all. And it's not like it's expensive stuff. I mean, I got like seven items for $212. I mean, that was pretty incredible. And I ended up giving two to Peyton and I kept five. I mean, it was like, great, cool. So, yeah, if you have a son or if you have a partner, and your partner and you are the same size. There you go. Like Jerry yep. Seinfeld said, that's a that's a big way of recruiting over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, hey, uh, let's get up out of here. Uncle Rico, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, we will not have you in on next Monday as we won't have a pod next Monday. Uh, so enjoy your Christmas. I'll see you middle of the week. And uh, we'll go from there. We'll catch up. It'll be both of our birthdays in between there. So we'll be able to celebrate oh, your yeah, nice birthdays. Yeah, work. That's what we should get steak. We should go get something really nice. Celebrate both our yeah. birthdays up. Good. We're going to do that. We're going to make that happen. Yeah. Not not like, I don't want to dress up. But let's yeah, no, go somewhere and find a nice place to get a, a $50 steak and a bottle of wine. We can do this. It's gonna look like two gay guys on a on a on a, on a <laughs> I was gonna say it's like, wait, you want to take me out for a steak and then come back to my place after it's over? There's there's a there's, there's no 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 no. You're married. We we, we own world that way. 
Nothing wrong with it. Festivus is coming. Festivus is coming. All in five minutes. That's three Seinfeld references in less than five minutes. We're we're gonna look like, uh, we're gonna look like Tony Soprano and Big Pussy at the uh, at the steakhouse in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Those Sopranos reference there. So yeah, well, let's figure out something. Well, I'll see you next week on Wednesday. So it'll be fun. In between time, have a Merry Christmas to your family. I said hello to them all. I love them. All that good stuff. Well, you got any big well, plans for Christmas? Are you staying home or are you going somewhere? Uh, no, I'm staying home. I might be going after that. I want not for Christmas, though. Yeah, we'll chat. So we'll make sure yeah. that you don't have to. Uh, we'll make sure that the podcast is to keep you from going somewhere. So hey, thanks again for coming in. I want to thank Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, we appreciate every five star review. Uh, until Friday, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember your time tokens are non-refundable. Happy holidays, everybody.